Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Freaking first cut. Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS preview for this week's Genesis Invitational. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Hey, Greg. Hey, Rick. Uh, another good one here slated for us this week at Riviera Country Club. Very, very good golf course. Very good tournament. Loaded field of 70 players with a cut. There is a cut this week. Important to note. Um, although it should be pretty easy. You, you should play pretty, you got to play pretty poorly to miss it, I think. Um, but this should be a really cool tournament. 70 golfers in the field, a top 50 and ties plus anyone within 10 shots of the lead after 36. Is there, is there a scenario in which just one, like one guy misses the cut? Uh, I suppose. <laughs> um, but I do think that Riviera has a way of separating players. Um, so I, I don't think it will be that tight, but it could be because it's pretty, it's a pretty strong field. Um, but you know, this event can yield some separation. Guys can pull away a little bit here sometimes, um, because and, and you can get, you know, a big breakaway pack as well, and you can get guys really struggling and guys playing really well. It does offer the opportunity for both. So I, I don't think you'll see a crazy, you know, one guy missing the cut, but it could be pretty slim down there. Well, one guy will be the focus of a lot of attention this week. That would be Tiger Woods, who's playing for the first time since the Hero World Challenge. This Greg, you know, he said he wants to play once a month. This, I suppose, would be February's event. Yes, uh, pretty smack dab in the middle of February. Uh, so, <laughs> so I would. I don't think there's really any way to look around it other than this is the February event. And uh, look, I'm really excited to see what Tiger does. I, I think it, from DFS purposes, we can discuss him when we get down into the 7K range, but I don't think he'll be on my rosters. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing what we get day over day. Last year in this event, he put together two pretty good rounds, Thursday and Saturday, I believe. Um, and and we had some struggles in the opposite rounds. I'm excited to see what he's able to do in between rounds this week uh, and if he's able to build on anything that we saw at the Hero World Challenge and the PNC. If he is, if he's able to put four rounds together, regardless of what the lead is, you know, if he can go shoot 69 every day, 
and we see a consistent tiger over four days, I think it's really appetizing and really exciting as we get into the March event, deciding what that will be. Those are some pretty March should be a good month for tiger. You know, he should be at a golf course that suits his game really well, whichever one he chooses. Um, but but this will be a good litmus, litmus test. Yeah, and Riviera, which, Troy, you can share my screen if you'd like. We'll look at the scorecard here. We'll start diving into a lot of this stuff. Has not historically been a good golf course for him, right? I mean, this is the the event that he has played the most without winning. And you can't say that for many things on the Tiger Woods resume. But you look at this scorecard, Greg. It's a par 71, 7,300 yards. It is going to offer you up a a birdie immediately on number one. And it's going to try to take it back immediately on number two. But this is a course that you described as being able to separate the pack, being able to kind of, uh, I'm assuming you were going to, you know, distinguishing the best of the best. Yeah, I think it does a really nice job of that. It, it allows you to play. Um, I, have you seen a rough number? You know what we're going to get for rough this week? Uh, two inches of Kikuya. Yeah, two inches. There you go. So not too heavy in the rough. Uh, it lets guys air it out with driver. And distance will be a big factor here. It can it can be a distance can be a separator. Um, but it's not so long that only long guys can compete. So there is an opportunity for for all players to compete. But the other thing it does is it tests your entire game. Because of the length of the golf course, you end up coming in with some longer irons uh, and greens end up getting missed. And short game becomes something that's you know very important here. So when you when you start to take advantage of the easier sc- scoring holes, the par 5s, uh, number 10, not necessarily easy, but you can make birdie there. Right. When, when you start to take advantage of those holes and you're able to you start to separate yourself, limit it, making birdies where you should and limiting bogeys where you shouldn't. And when you do that, um, you can you can put together some really nice scores. I'm interested. So I'm going to go out there tomorrow. I'm going to see what it's like on on Tuesday. I'm interested to see how soft it is, how wet it might be. Not wet, but soft, I guess, is probably a better way to put it. L.A. has literally gotten like a year's worth of rain in the last 12 days or so. Um, I don't know. because This is usually kind of firm and fast and challenging and spicy. I would be surprised. Joe LaCava was on Sirius XM the PGA tour radio today for a little bit. And he said it's in great shape and you wouldn't know that there's that been that much rain. Wow. He did not say it's firm. (laughs) Uh, Right. He said he could see a golf course, get a little, it it has the potential with where it is now to get firmer over the weekend, but we may also get some weather on Saturday and Sunday. So I think you're right. I, I think it will be a more receptive, softer golf course. Um, but I don't think it's too sloppy like we saw at uh, at Pebble Beach. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, we don't need to see anything else close to Pebble Beach uh, for the foreseeable future. Let us continue this conversation. We'll sw- switch over to the cheat sheet. We'll start going through the names and figuring out everything that comes along with it. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back. Here is the cheat sheet on my website, rickrungood.com. There are four golfers over $10,000. Scotty Scheffler, 11.5. Rory McIlroy, 11.2. Xander, 10-1. And Victor Hovland, $10,000. Those last two withdrew from uh, Phoenix last week. They are teeing it up again, obviously, here in this signature event. So, uh, Greg, what do we do with the top of the board? Oh, it's an interesting one. Now, again, I, I look at this and I'm trying to find guys with a really complete game. And so Xander Shoffley jumps off the page to me first and foremost as someone with a really complete game. Um, now, all these guys are complete to some degree, but Xander jumps off the page to me. Um, we didn't see a phenomenal performance at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, so I'm a little concerned about his wrist. But you look back at his record here at the Genesis, and it's, it's really quite good. It's a lot of top 25 finishes. Top 25 every year except last year, where he finished T33. Um, I know that there is a cut in this event, but limited field, very likely to make the cut. I, I think... I think Xander's a really safe play up here at the top. It, it should be effectively a no-cut event, uh, especially for the guys at the top of the board. I mean, if they are not within 10 shots of the lead or inside the top 50 for the guys that we're talking about, the 10, the 9s, and even the 8s, like something has gone horribly wrong. Yes, yes, and you're just wrong. And I expect all four of these guys to be playing four rounds this week. Yeah. So Xander's definitely on my list. And it, it's also which is really hard for me to look away from Scotty Scheffler. You got to pay up for him. He's at 11,500, but I mean, Rick, you saw the way he hit the ball last week. It's disgusting. It is. We're running out of things to say. Mm -hmm. I mean, every shot is just dead flush. He, he also, you know, the, the bugaboo, the putter, he gains strokes. Round one, round two, round three. Now, I don't know if things tightened up and you start to feel a little bit more pressure on Sunday and you go back to some some bad habits. That's where he gave away uh, a stroke and a half. And he actually gave away like three strokes to the like over five holes on the back nine. It, it wasn't necessarily pretty. But from a statistical standpoint, he he seems to be getting maybe a little more comfortable with the putter. I I think so. I, I looks i feel a little less nervous uh, on those putts inside of five feet uh, i do think it's better I don't think it's best but ultimately you just look at this results column <laughs> right and that's ultimately what we're looking at here right he's hitting over 90 percent of his greens of regulation this year this is a 
the ball striking clinic that has continued from last year. And it, it's just, it's so automatic. It's hard for me to leave him off this list, especially on a golf course like Riviera, where you don't necessarily have to go make a million birdies. It's not the American Express. You want to fade him at the American Express? I get it. But his his tee to green game can absolutely separate him from the pack in this tournament. I tend to agree with you. And, um, you know, we're seeing like this is basically his floor. Like T5 is basically his floor. I think this is a better golf course for him that allows him to to kind of play to his strengths. Now, let's talk about level of concern on both Rory McIlroy and Victor Hovland. And you tell me if you're concerned at all and and where that stands. The the Rory McIlroy concern would be the T66 at Pebble Beach where he lost five strokes to the field. It was one of his worst performances in multiple years. And the Victor Hovland concern would be the fact that he's lost strokes on approach in three straight and actually uh, cited the reason for withdrawing from Phoenix last Last week was uh, his game wasn't tournament ready. He wanted to go make sure he was getting dialed in before he got to a signature event. So, um, what is the, the the state of the union on these two? Uh, so we'll start with uh, Victor, just because you have him up there. This is definitely concerning uh, when you have not just the withdrawal, but the performance on approach. And that's something you don't you just don't see from Victor Hovland. Actually, you literally don't see. So him losing three, uh, him losing on approach in three straight events is, is the first time in his career he's ever done. It's never happened. Yes, and, and if he's had he's had bad tournaments here or there, very rarely. He's had some weak stretches, but ultimately, n- never like this. Never like this. So you combine that with coaching change as well, going from Joseph Mayo to Grant Waite, and you wonder if there's a little bit of confusion. So it's it's concerning to me. If you think that driving is the most important thing at the, at this golf course, which you could definitely make that argument. I tend to lean a little more towards uh, all around play uh, and especially short game. Um, it, you could make a case that a driver of the golf ball like this will be right at home here at Riviera. But when I see that performance approaching the green, there's something going on with his swing that he's got to get sorted out. He can get it sorted out in a, in a week, in a week off. There's no question, but uh, I have my concerns, especially when he's in the price range with a Xander Shoffley and a Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. Uh, Here's, here's Rory, which is just a a, a great record. And then all of a sudden something happened at Pebble beach. And uh, I can give a lot of passes to things that happened in one event, especially that one, but it was ugly, Greg. It was ugly. No, it was three rounds. And let's not forget that Rory McIlroy was winning this tournament on Thursday before he has a two-shot penalty, has taken on play of a lie. One situation kind of threw him for a loop. Is that a sign of a fragile game? Maybe, but I could look at the other side of the coin too and say there's a lot of signs of some really good stuff. And Rory may have some things to iron out. Maybe hard to say at this point that it's rust to shake off when you look at what he did in Dubai. But you know, even in Dubai with two top two finishes, it didn't feel great. Yet he's able to win uh, and probably should have won both of those events <laughs> and comes into Pebble rare, roaring, ready to go. So I have a hard time playing him over Scotty Scheffler. 
but I would not fault you for playing Rory McIlroy at all. I'm not worried about Pebble Beach. So the way that I understand that 10K range is uh, Xander, Scotty, not much concern for Rory, more concern with Victor. Yeah. Yep. I, I think that's fair. And I hate to, you know, show concern for Victor Hovland because I love him. I root for him. I um, hope he can contend. But amongst these four, we got to rank them. And I would I would go Scotty, Xander, Rory, Hovland on my uh, my power rankings, if you will. The 9K range has a lot of guys with some really good course history here, led off by Max Homa, $9,800, both a win and a runner-up finish in the last three years, a 10th place finish in the middle there. Colin Morikawa at 95, he's got back-to-back top six finishes. Patrick Cantlay finished third last year. Ludwig is going to make his debut. Justin Thomas is in here at 9,100. Then we round it out with Jordan Spieth at $9,000 even. So there are some powerhouses here, Greg. What would you like to do? Oh, this one's hard to separate because you can make a really strong case for everybody. Um, I'm still very high on Colin Morikawa this year. Uh, You have a T14 at, at Pebble Beach. He did technically lose strokes approaching the green, but I feel so confident in his ball striking tee to green at this point. Um, I'm still very willing to play Colin Morikawa. Uh, the one thing to watch with him is, is, is the cut cutting. Cause it seems like we've seen a little more over the last two years that that signature fade shot that he hits kind of staying straight, maybe even going left. I'm sure that's what he's been working on. And he gets that thing, he gets that thing ironed out, and he can win here. This would be a great golf course for for Colin Morikawa. So I'm big on him. Uh, I I think Ludwig Oberg is almost like a if he feels like a must play. It, do you so statistically, it's it's insanity. Where would you kind of rank? Riviera in terms of experience required because all these guys lap the field. A lot of these guys play this event every year. It's been, you know, a signature event or it's been Tigers event and, and Ludwig is coming in here, seeing it for the first time. Yep. Oh, where would I, I I think it's somewhat important, Okay, but I think he's really helped by the softer conditions. Right. So experience tends to really become important and show up when you see a firm and fast golf course. Nuances uh, shine through when it's firm and fast. When it gets a little softer, those can be avoided to some degree. And his ability to play a different golf course than everybody else off the tee, I I think it's going to speak to him. I just have this sense that he's going to step on Riviera and feel like this is... This is home. And he all he's done is contend. He's done it on the West Coast. Uh, he's had his troubles with Poana, but still managed to gain strokes every week on Poana on the greens. Um, the short game has been adequate, but the ball striking is just, it's a separator. And uh, I, even with a Patrick Cantlay and a Justin Thomas and a Jordan Spieth and a Max Homa, I, I put him right up there near the top. If not, I'd probably put him on top in this range. It is hard to illustrate how good he's been, but basically since he's turned pro, 
it, it's been him, Scotty Scheffler, and Rory McIlroy have have like statistically been the best players in the world, the best TD Green players in the world. Like all what, however way you want to slice it, since Ludwig became a professional, uh, he he might be a top three or four player in the world. Yeah. Yeah, and you can get him at 9,200 in this one. Yeah, And I'm also curious. I mean, I don't think he's going to be too popular with with Justin Thomas, who's playing well and yeah. worthy of a play here. Jordan Spieth, who I, I'm also very high on here because I think he's been driving the ball so much better. Uh, and, and I think short game is really important here. And Jordan's short game last week was so good. It was a joke. Yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot. To, I mean, even I mean, Max Max hasn't played well, but going back here, I think will garner some ownership. I I would argue Patrick Cantlay is a little bit underpriced, so I I have a hard time believing Ludwig or really any of these guys get super popular just because there's so much to go around. Yes, I I agree, and so for that reason, take the guy with back to back top tens, uh, who's been one of the best three players in the world. You can pretty easily get Scotty Scheffler and Ludwig Oberg or Rory McIlroy and Ludwig Oberg, two of the top three players in the game since he turned professional on the same roster. You could do it easily and hide behind some of these other bigger names. So big fan of Ludwig here. Yeah. And it's also a little bit easier to go down and get some cheapos knowing that yeah, barring some disaster, they should they should be getting four rounds in. So yes, we'll see. And probably uh, contention. I said that one year at the Masters. I was like, ah, this is basically a no cut event, and Paul Casey missed the cut. And I was uh, like, this. How do you miss the cut? <laughs> I'll never say it again, but I'll imply it. <laughs> yeah, I'll imply it strongly. Imply. Okay, we're going to continue along the eight K range. There's some names, the sevens as well, and then we'll find Tiger Woods somewhere along the way. But first, we are going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. In the fast-paced world of attacking, speed is everything. And that's where the Furon 7 Plus shines. Engineered for accuracy and precision at a rapid pace, it's your secret weapon on the pitch. Experience overall comfort and precise striking, even in the game's fastest moments. The nylon outsole, with its V-shaped stud configuration, is designed for firm ground, giving you the grip you need to outmaneuver your opponents. Step up your attacking game and learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. The 8 thousand dollar range is led by Finau and Fleetwood. You get Sam Burns and Sahith, Cam Young right in the middle, and we round it out with Fitzpatrick, Wyndham Clark, Adam Scott, Tom Kim, Jason Day, and Sung JM. Tell you what, Greg, there are two or three guys I am quite excited about. There's some guys I'm really excited about here in this range, too. Um and how many would it be? All right. I just want to go with my favorite play of this week. Okay. okay. What's my see. favorite play on the whole slate? Maybe a one and done play. Oh, me. man. Out of the eight. Okay. Yeah, I know. Adam Scott. Okay. Yeah. So I, 
Come on. I've been trying to convince myself to use them. And I don't think I've got the stones to use them in a wanted. I am battling the same thing, my friend. But because this is not just a normal one and done. This is a four million dollar. Yes. But this is where like this is where you're supposed to use Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler and Patrick Cantlay. It's like these are the events you slate those guys for. This is exceptional. Yes. Going to a golf course that is ideal for him. Exceptional. Great course history. He is doing he's doing it in a sustainable manner. I listen, man. I'm with you. I'm with you here. The ball striking has come back. The driver has come back. There were a few years where he was a little shaky off the tee. And the iron play was a little up and down and he was leaning on short game, leaning on putting. That's not the case anymore. But the putter hasn't deserted him. It's still there. He's done it in Dubai, did it at Pebble Beach, did it last week at the WM Phoenix Open in the mayhem. I mean, this and now he's going to his favorite golf course on the PGA Tour. Mm -hmm. He's won here twice, twice, 2020 and like 2005. Okay. I thought it was like six or seven. Yeah. 2005. Yep. He came in second in 2006. Yeah. He's got a bunch of other, you know, really good finishes. Second in 2016. He finished, he finished fourth in 2022. Yes. It's the, and, and he is playing right now just as good as those years. So he's way underpriced. <laughs> I get why. I mean, I'm not like saying this, there's fraud going on here or anything. I get why he's priced where he is, but it's hard to pass up. Really hard to pass up. Do, do you think? Do you think you could use him in a one and done? Yes. Yeah. Think about what who's won this year. Oh, dude, don't even get me started. We're six in a row on like a hundred and one longer. Yeah. I could also, this is a hard one for one and done for me. It's not easy. I wish the, I wish first was like 2 million. I would lock him in right now. If this was not a, a signature yeah. event, not just, designated. If this was just like a, like last week or something, I would, I'd lock him in right yeah. now. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a big risk. But what, what do you think the floor is with him? Like he missed, he's not going to miss the cut. He almost did last week. Finishes T eight. Mister Bogey does point out that you you do have the stones, Greg. You used Kurt Kitayama last week. Did I win the week? Uh, no. Amongst amongst us, I did with Sam Burns. Oh, I thought you were going with Ben on. I thought you were going with Ben on. No, you announced it on the run the tapes. No, I did. I did type in the outline, and I did apologize on Tuesday. I lied to you. Okay, all right. <laughs> I didn't know I was lying to you in the in the moment, but when I went to put my pick in, I I was like, you couldn't do it. I got to go, with Sam Burns here. That that was a good play. That turned out turned out well. Speaking of which, and he is in. He is in. Well, not Brad. Yeah. Sam Burns. He is in this range as well. Uh, yeah. He is playing great golf. He is. He led this event late on a Sunday a couple of years ago. He's gone sixth at the American Express, tenth at Pebble Beach, third last week. 
I I like when Sam gets hot. When Sam gets hot, he goes on runs and then he kind of you know ebbs a little bit and you kind of stay away. And then but he's he's in the middle of one right now. He's in the middle of one right now. Uh, and look, he's a great putter. So here at the Genesis in the past, it was 2021 where he had the lead. Yeah. He's third. Uh, he's eight strokes putting every year except one. But he does have three missed cuts and five starts. Yep. Um, I have been late on Sam Burns, but I think it's time to put an end to that. He made an all-world par on uh, – what's the one with the the par three with this bunker in the middle, six or seven? I think it's uh, – I believe it's six. Okay. Where he was like up against the boundary fence and he had to like – I don't remember how he – but it was like he had like basically no – backswing he was able to somehow get it on the green he rolled it in i'm like oh wow sam like he's gonna win this golf tournament he's three shots clear he's got a you know he just made an all-world par he ends up coughing it up later yeah yeah but he he's been showing some really strong ability with his ball striking which is a good sign that was three years ago he's a different guy now yeah but i'm saying of late yes of, of late he definitely is a different he's won a lot since then um, so he's capable. He gained strokes uh, approaching the green in the last two weeks. You know, the American Express kind of strange stats did a lot of his work on the greens. But I think there's signs that he's hitting it really well. He hit it really well last week and he can fill it up on the greens. So I like Sam Burns. I don't think I like him as much as Adam Scott, uh, which is crazy. Yeah. So the, those were my two favorites. The the third guy is like a, I'm trying to be early on situation. Um Scythe so hard. I'm I, usually wrong on him. I'm over I'm over infinity. I was right on him last week. I I did he played really well and I liked him last week, but it was kind of a feeling, like a gut feeling. I think Scythe starting to show a lot more consistency throughout the bag. And you would be early on it to say that this week that it's consistent, like that it's going to stay true. Um, but I love, I love what he can do with the short game and I love what he can do on the greens. So I'm in, I'm interested there, but Rick and the guy, to, the early guys at a driver's golf course like this, it's Cam Young. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly who it is. Yeah. Uh, he he has he's he's done enough for me. Uh, I, I like that he even during this poor play never lost the weapon, never lost the driver. No, no. Now we're starting to see. Okay, uh, third in Dubai, T eight in Phoenix. We're starting to see those green squares come back. You go to this golf course where he's got, I think he has a runner up in a 20th. I think. Yeah, that's right. A T2 and a T20. Yep. And it, it, this is just, you talked about it. There's a way to separate yourself. He's, he's got the weapon to separate. And, and it's going right now. Now he's a little shake. Like there, there's some unpolished aspects to his game. He hit some remarkably bad shots last week. It's like, what was what was that? Yes, but he I finishes T eight. I thought he hit a couple that were like a little close to the hosel. Yeah, was- so that worries me a little bit. 
I don't feel that way with Sam Burns and Adam Scott. Um, so I'm much more comfortable. I don't feel that way about Jason Day. But the upside with Cam Young is win. I would. Well, I hope so. Do we know that? No. <laughs> but I think it is. I do. I really do. I think it is too. Obviously, I mean, you like it, how, what does he have? Eight runner-up finishes at this point. Yeah, yeah. But you go to a place like this that fits his eye really well, that he really likes, and he has the kind of game where he could run away with it. Adam Scott's not going to win by five. He could win by one, win in a close one. He's not going to go win by five. And I think Cam Young could go and like his first win will be by five shots, I think. And I think it'll be at a big time golf course like this. We've covered a lot of this AK range, but is there anybody that we need to talk about that before we move on? No, not for me. Yeah. I mean, maybe Wyndham Clark, he's looked really good, but I I don't think I don't feel that strongly about it. The $7,000 range. Keegan Bradley, Will Zalatoris at the top. The middle, that's where you'll find Chris Kirk, Danny McCarthy, Hideki Matsuyama. The bottom, you can get yourself Bo Hossler or Harris English. Greg, where do we want to go here? Four guys have my attention in this range. Great. Uh, I'll read them all to you, and then we can go wherever you want. Perfect. Keegan. Okay. Will Zalatoris. Great. Nikolai Hoygaard. Love it. And see Wu Kim. All right. Well, okay. Perfect. Let's let's go. Let's go with Keegan first. So we'll go Keegan. Then we'll go Will. They're both seventy nine hundred dollars. They're at the top of the board here. So Keegan is uh, coming off of a T eleven at Pebble Beach. He did not play in Phoenix last week. He had the runner up in Sony earlier this year. He hasn't missed a cut. Not that I think a cut is an issue, but he has not missed a cut since the open championship. And that is a lot of green ball striking stuff there. Yes. Um, so the ball striking has been very good. The putter is new and I think it's changed a lot, but here's what I find so interesting about Keegan go into his course history and you see, a miscut, a T48, a T60, a miscut, a T51, a miscut. Right? You you have to go all the way back to belly putter Keegan, mm. um, which is 2015. He has a T4. He has a T2 in 2012. T16, T20 in between those two. Yeah, it, look at this. He gained strokes. So basically from 2012 to 2017, he gained strokes in five out of six. And then since then, he's been a loser on the greens in six straight. Big time. And I think he's changed something with the putter that is that he believes in. I think he feels confident about it. He's shown consistency for a really long period of time that the putter works. And so while the course history is a little shaky of late, and I typically would not look at results from 2015 or and before that, but... I, I see Keegan now as the belly putter Keegan. And I think he's uh, underpriced in this range, uh, underpriced at 7,900. He, he can contend here. It's a pretty interesting, it's a pretty interesting little marriage of things. You know, the, the new putting with the, you know, long-term kind of ball striking. That's, that's, that's not bad. Let's go to yeah. Zalatoris. Um, because this, 
<laughs> if if knocking off the rust was a stat profile, it would be this. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, it looks like a bad haircut. <laughs> Minus 20 at the hero. Minus 7 at Sony. <laughs> plus 5 at the American Express. Plus 7 at Farmers and getting better, you know, in different categories along the way. I mean, this is what a guy returning from injury. This is this is the stat profile you'd expect. He's given it to us. Is he back? Is he just good to go now? Well, um, I think he's a lot closer to back, right? I think all of a sudden you're going to, I think he's playable on golf courses that are good fits. I'm no longer worried about the golf swing. Uh, he can control the ball. He played so well at the farmers, which is why this is really on my head because the strategies that he employs, I think that's the reason why he plays the tough golf courses so well. Um, and while there are definitely birdies made out here, this golf course requires some strategy that he can employ. And uh, it's not the American Express where you got to go birdie every hole. Right? Par's a good score on a lot of these holes. And Will Zalatoris understands how to do that. And I believe in, that he's in a pretty good place with his golf swing. So I think it's a fair price for him. Uh, and I think it's also a really good spot to to take a chance and play him. Fourth last year, T26 in 2022, T15 in 2021. Those were the two at the top of the board. Uh, Nikolai Hoygaard also made the list. We'll come back to him. Let's go to Siwoo. Siwoo's a little bit cheaper. He is $7,600. Yeah. And trying to figure out Siwoo, Greg, uh, I don't know, man. It's 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 been difficult for me to do at times. So what are you seeing that gets you, gets you ramped up here for Siwoo Kim? Well, three straight top 25 finishes uh, and four out of the last five have been top 25 finishes. So that has me very excited. Uh, what he's done off the tee has been spectacular. Uh, I mean, he, ha- he hasn't lost strokes off the tee since the Open Championship. Right. Uh, and there have been events where he's gained four or five strokes uh, off the tee. His iron play this entire season since the century, he's played five events now, gained strokes approaching the green in all of them, all but one around the green. I mean, this has been, for this season, the complete profile that we're looking for. Uh, And the putter has not been bad, has not been good, has not been bad. He was with a short a uh, uh, conventional length blade putter last week. He seems to be go. Uh, he seems to go back and forth a lot, and I'm okay with that for certain players. Right there's a when when he does this, it seems like he gets a spark. I agree with that. And you know, I, I used my old roommate in college would change putters like every other time he played. He said, "I just need to look at something new." And what I do, like he he would. Put great the first round with it and then te- put terrible and then change. Put great and then put terrible and then change. And I, I think there are some people who just need to look at something different to light a spark. Uh, and maybe that's happening for Siwoo right now. Okay, that's fair. The the last guy, uh, Nikolai Hoygaard, was also a, a high on my list. You know, he, I, I find him to be incredibly talented. I find his uh, best weapon to be the driver. You look at the runner-up finish at the Farmers, then at T31. I mean, this is these are good stat profiles. He played well in Europe, 
over the winter. This is this is a very talented kid who I think is going to a pretty good golf course for him. Uh, learning his way on the PGA Tour. Yeah. There have been times where that's been a concern for me in the past. Not anymore. He knows what he's doing. And when he gets on a golf course like this, it should be... I mean, this is a real high upside talent. And you start to look at this lineup and with him in the $7,000 range and Cam Young in the eights and then um, a Ludwig up in the nines, you, you start to see some serious upside from young players. Uh, and, and I think that's the kind of class, that's the kind of group that we're going to see populating these kind of golf courses, um, which also includes majors. It does feel like there's a pretty big gap between those golfers and some of these other guys on this list, like an Adam Hadwin who's coming off a miscut, a Sepp Straka, Bo Hostler's cooled a little bit. Harris English is, you know, playing well, but kind of all over the place. Still, finished. he did finish 12th at this event last year. Is there anybody at the bottom of this 7K range that you feel comfortable rostering? Uh, I, now, I'm typically pretty comfortable taking a chance on Sepp Straka. Mm-hmm. Because I believe in the upside. But the, here's the thing about the bottom of this range: you got to start to get away from the traditional, uh, the traditional really, really good ball strikers down here. And so, someone like Sepp Straka, who can be very accurate and can be a very good ball striker, would be an option for me. The other one might be to get a little more traditional. Might be a Corey Connors who's put together some kind of bland but pretty good finishes over the last little bit. The problem with Corey Connors is he plays terrible here. <laughs> so I don't love that. I, I think the bottom of this range, I, I'm taking a chance anywhere I go. I'd have to, I, my uh, my best money, I think, would go on Adam. Uh, I'm sorry, on Sepp Straka. The 6K range starts with... Kirk Hidayama, Emiliano Grillo, the middle, Tiger Woods. And the bottom of this range, Sam Ryder, Nick Hardy, amongst others. So let's just let's just get into it. We will, you know, hit our quota here. He's $6,500. He's making his first start since the Hero World Challenge, in which he finished 18th out of 20, lost eight strokes to the field. Um, I hope Tiger crushes. I will not be investing. No, I won't either. I won't either. It's not a great golf course for him, first of all, Mm -hmm. uh, even though his event is here. And I don't see a guy that's ready to contend and win. And there are some really talented, some, some guys that are pretty close to being ready you know, to contend down in this range. I think it would be a tall ask for Tiger to really get himself in the mix here. Doesn't mean he can't make the cut. I mean, I think a top 20 over under would be like a really nice mark. I think a top 20 finish would be phenomenal, but I would be very surprised pleasantly for to see a top 10 out of Tiger Woods. And I think there are some other guys that really could earn top 10s in this range. Yeah, it's like, you know, 48-year-old Tiger Woods who's played once in the last 10 months or, I mean, 
Nick Dunlap, who won a couple of starts ago, also finished dead last start before that, or uh, one start ago. Um, Charlie Hoffman coming up or off a runner-up finish. I think Sam Ryder at the minimum, who's got back-to-back top 25s here, is a little mispriced. Like, I, I just... Luke List gained like 11 strokes ball striking here last year or something outrageous. There's just like, I don't know how comfortable I could ever get playing Tiger with these other guys here. Yeah, you go up to a Tom Hoagie who's playing great golf and absolutely flushing it right now with his irons. Christian Pizidenhout. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, he's on a streak of like six in a row uh, approaching the green. It could be a really safe option. You might worry about his driving a little bit. Um, but I, I think he's a really solid play. So that's why I have a hard time with Tiger Woods. Um, and is that the bet, even like Taylor Moore, who we see is a little sporadic throughout his game, but he's he's won recently um, at the Valspar last year. And I still think there's a lot of upside with the Taylor Moore, even though I don't necessarily like it. Um, I don't love, you know, we got Kurt Kitayama right last week. I don't think this is nearly as good of a spot for him, but still, I think he is still priced a little too cheap that I'd give him another crack here. I would definitely give him another crack. One start here, he's missed the cut. But, you know, look look what he's done off the tee. It's been really strong driving. Um, so I, I don't feel strong enough to play him in one and done. I also already did last week. Uh, but I will definitely roster him in some uh, DFS lineups. Yes, uh, I agree. Where else are we going to mention? Go? I mentioned Cebes. I think he's playable. Kind of feels safe. Uh, Hoagie. I don't feel like this is a great spot for Hoagie, but I I think because of that kind of iron play, which his iron play is strong even with long irons. I think he's really feeling it right now. And he's been strong on the greens. So I would definitely roster Tom Hoagie. Feels like the Luke List stuff is kind of cooled a little bit. I, I tend to agree with that. So, Hoagie is the new list. Yeah. <laughs> but a much better putter. Well. Over time. Good. I mean, good luck being a worse putter. Yeah. Right, right. Not nah, here. He did figure it out for a couple of weeks, but I, I agree. I think the the shine has worn off a little bit. And yeah. now we look for our new shiny object, and now it's Tom Hoagie. Yep, and I love when Tom Hoagie's in the 6K range. That It's a must-play. You had a Matrix a couple of years back. Maybe Lonto Griffin. Yeah. Is Lonto in the 6K range? Yes. Play him. That's right. If he's not, no, don't play him. A Hoagie shouldn't be in a 6K range. Uh <laughs> There's no way we've fallen a long way. And what has Lonto been up to? I think he's playing. Is he on the corn ferry? We, we've fallen a long way since the Lonto days. Yeah, missed yeah. the cut. Well, injury. Oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! Yeah, he struggled with some injury. It's been tough, tough road for him. Yeah. Um, I think Sam Ryder is legitimately playable. So do I. He's got. I mean, he's he's got back to back top twenty fives. He's playing fine. Okay, he is fine. He missed the cut in Phoenix by less than a stroke. Uh, you know, missed the cut at the Farmers. With, you know, it's got a course rotation. He lost a stroke and a half on the North Course. Who cares? Other than that, he's got some good finishes. He's got some good finishes here. He is six thousand dollars. If you want to, if you want to get 
your Scotty Scheffler, your Cam Young, or what, like whatever that looks like. Sam Ryder is six thousand dollars. You could do whatever you want, and it's it's not a shot in the dark. I mean, he could be the pale play of the week. It, it's it's really that good. It, it's uh, it's that average. It's just fine, and it could be a golf course he really likes. I like Chase Johnson. Chase Johnson is an APGA player who's in on the Sifford exemption. He is the same price as Sam Ryder. That is a joke. I mean, uh, Chase is good, but Chase doesn't have status anywhere. And Sam Ryder is a professional PGA Tour player who like contends a couple of times a year. He's like on commercials. Yes. And, you know. and if you're on commercials, you must be good at golf. You must be. Yeah. So it, it's a really good side. I was kind of surprised to see him priced below like Gary Woodland. Yeah, for instance, it's really bad, dude. Okay, Grayson Murray is like three hundred and fifty to one to win this tournament. The only guy longer is Chase Johnson. Grayson won four starts ago. Isn't that yeah. amazing? Like, yes, amazing thing that has happened. Amazing, absolutely amazing. They're, they're a good guy. I mean, Kevin Hughes down here at sixty three hundred. There's really good players at the low end, six thousand dollar range, and uh, they could be the they could be the difference in your lineup. So, look at this sandwich: minus six, plus eleven, and a win. Minus four and a half, minus five, minus five point eight. Yeah, I think there's something to the after win. If he didn't win that playoff, I think you would have seen better performances out of him in the following weeks. Wow. Okay. Uh, I do. I think his game really came around, but it's like it, it hit a peak and he's got to settle. He's got to get his bearings again. He will, but I'm not playing him this week. Okay. Um, any other final thoughts? I will, uh, I'll be out there tomorrow. I want to see how receptive that golf course is. Yeah. Very curious to see. Um, cause that can really add to some of the longer players we mentioned tonight it can really add to their benefit. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it, right? We're getting back to a pure golf course, um, you know, major championship style design and it, it should be a good one. It, it seems to be every year. All right. Thursday morning, this thing will kick off. We will be back on Tuesday to reveal one-and-done selections, uh, mega preview pod, storylines, best bets, all that fun stuff. Then round-by-round recaps Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You're the fans. One-and-done picks are not due until uh, lock on Thursday morning, so you've got time, but we'll reveal ours on Tuesday. Uh, big thanks to producer Troy. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. Great to Charm available on Twitter at the Real GFD, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time. Thank <laughs> you.